Good morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. And I'm Mike. Oh, I Here hit, are your morning announcements. I can't I, hear you over the music. I hit the I hit the intro way too early. Um I'm not a professional soundboard guy. Uh anyways. Excellent excellent start to our live episode, everybody. Yeah, we're we're doing a live episode um for our Patreon patrons as we do, but this is also a special episode because it is the season 1 uh wrap up episode because we finished season 1 last week. We did we sure did do that. And uh traditionally when we did Back to the Futurama, we liked taking a little bit of a break, you know, something nice and chill instead of watching an episode. There's a lot of notes that go into into that. And so oh, we there's like, a lot of notes, yeah. Yeah, a, a ton of notes. Um, unless you're like me and just like, he did the thing. She does the thing. He said this, end of episode. So, um, yeah, we're we're just taking it kind of easy this week. Yeah. And um, I did not take notes of the thing that we watched. Yes. So we are going to have a little bit of uh, Q&A. We got a couple of questions beforehand. Um, and we've got some people in the chat who, if they want to ask questions later on, will also be taking some live questions from our Patreon Ooh. supporters. But before that, we do have an awkward and weird special treat, uh, because, <laughs> you know, the Mike and Ben special, <laughs> the, the Mike and Ben special. Uh, so we've talked before about some of the other television shows and movies that some of the cast mm-hmm. of Community have been on. And so today, uh, of all the choices we could have done to talk about, we decided to watch the leaked 2007 (laughs) pilot of NBC's American adaptation of the IT crowd, or the IT crowd, as I've also heard it called, Um, uh, that was, uh, it had one pilot episode and was never picked up, and it features, in place of Chris O'Dowd, one Joel McHale. It it sure does, and the whole time I'm thinking, "Wow, that's a choice." <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting because uh, so first of all, I do want to say before we get too much into it, I don't want to dump on Joel McHale specifically because I I won't be dumping on Joel McHale. I I don't I don't think he's he's certainly not the problem here, right? And uh, he, I did, I was looking up a little bit of information on this and he does point out that he, he catches a lot of crap for this because it's, you know, not good. And so a lot of people are like, (laughs) Joel, why, why would you do, why would you ever do that? And his response was basically, uh, I wanted to get paid and I was an actor. So I did the thing. Sure. Yeah. Those checks cash everybody. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I, I look honestly, the the problems I have with this episode is not Joel McHale. It is it is absolutely not. He's going for it. He is being him, which is great. I love Joel McHale. Uh, we've talked at length about how much we love Joel McHale. My problem is not Joel McHale at all. Correct. Uh, I would um I would agree with that. And my problem is also not with uh, Moss. I, I've forgotten the character. Uh, the uh, uh, the the Richard Ayuari. Ayuari. Yes. I had to look yes. up how to say his name because I've never had to say it before in my life. And then we decided to talk about this, 
And I'm like, oh, crap. I need to know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> That's true. If we're going to talk about it, we better know how to say these names. I, I agree. Those two are, for the circumstances, very good. Mm-hmm. I, I have the, if we're going to get into it, I, I if you're, if you'll allow me <laughs> to get yes. into it. Yes. Go okay. ahead. We're, we're into this section we're, of the we're podcast. Into it. I, th- I love Joe McHale. Don't get me wrong. I think Joe McHale's great. I think he gave everything he could for this role. I think he is he is typed he's casted incorrectly. Okay. Um I don't think that the character of Roy and Joe McHale really work together. It feels like he's been cast against type. Okay. To me, Joe McHale is a cool customer that kind of honestly he's kind of joel uh, uh jeff winger to me including when he was on the soup he was always a little too cool a little too like i mean he's very handsome that's uh, yes. not against it people can be handsome too i mean, I mean I look, at, look at this look at this mug right look, here look at these two look at these two a-list <laughs> models that are actually software developers and it people <laughs> I, I just think matthew in the chat says the number of times <laughs> they have to um caveat that they love joe McHale really speaks the quality of this episode continue again joe McHale, not the problem <laughs> i i think the casting is off i don't think i don't think joe McHale's right for the the um for the role that's but but again he is up for it he is trying and he is a good comedian you know get, mm-hmm. you say what you will about being tall and being handsome and being you know like the way that if you put chris o'dowd and you put joel McHale next to each other you could say oh that one of those could be an uh, understandable it professional in this situation and the other one is really cool and actually played sports as you will as you will remind (laughs) me exactly yeah uh for the university of washington i agree um so that's one issue i have with it second why is there a, a laugh track every two seconds? Okay. Okay. Yes. It's, let's. It, why not? Why? Why are there breaks in the laugh track? Just let it run the entire time. Let's talk about the laugh track because I feel like there was not a particularly large amount of laugh track compared to what you get in the original British IT crowd. I feel okay. like I feel like it's about the same. I just feel like that level of laugh track that you get in the original works for that like british humor where the joke is how long of a silence you have and then you need something Mm -hmm. to fill that silence so why not have it be a laugh track the moment you make it this american thing it just does not play anywhere as well and i don't know if part of it is also just we live in this like post laugh track world where TV shows just don't tend to have it anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So now going back that and watching true. something with that much laugh track in it, it was alarming how much laugh track was in this. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think. Uh, so, so this was. I don't actually know a lot about wh- what year this was that they they put this out, or they had this. Uh, 2007 um and i don't know when the the office is for the u.s uh which the, is the office was 2005 yeah so we're kind of in the office world mm-hmm. and i think the office 
You know, I'll, I'll admit it. I think that the Office and IT Crowd American version in their pilots both have the same issues with the format, except for the Office doesn't have a laugh track at all. Right. It is presented like a work workplace documentary. And I think that the format makes sense to, to cross over. I don't think... And especially, I'm like, because at the very beginning, like, you still get the same gags of, and I think the pilot is very similar to the pilot in in Britain for The Office. Yeah. I could be wrong. They are so much, they are so much similar that because in the uh, British version of The Office, they do that one of the Budweiser, like, what's up? Because it was still really big at the time. <laughs> it was topical. Like, four years later, when they were doing the US version, Michael Scott is still going, what's up? And so they added in a line for Jim specifically to be like, so we're still doing that, huh? Right. And and honestly, that kind of works with the characterization of Michael Scott. Right. But I think that, you, you know, and I think when I look at The Office and I look at the IT crowd with Joel McHale, I think The Office had time. They, they got the yes and they got the time to kind of build out their own universe as opposed to just using the same universe as the UK office. They didn't get this with the IT crowd, but I don't think it was built on a, a good enough foundation to find it. If that makes sense. It is so like, I'm okay with it being very similar or the same. I just don't think the people that they have match the people that they had in the British version. Right. I love Joe McHale. I love Richard Ayoade. That that's it, <laughs> you know. Like I think those two are standouts, of course, because I th- I love their comedy, I love their their acting styles, and I love the way th- the things that they have done. But I just don't think the rest of the cast could have stood up to that. Right. Well, and so the the weird thing to me is that they that uh, Richard Iwati is still in it as the role of Moss, and so it's mm-hmm. like you picked him up. And just like moved him over and sat him down, and I was like, "Now do it again." And but the, again, that check cashes. <laughs> the whole the whole thing is different. Uh, he's gone on to say, uh, "I did find this uh, an article called Richard Iwati reg- regrets doing the U.S. pilot for the IT crowd." Uh, I mean, where hard to argue with that. I think he he goes on to say that he uh, he regrets doing it. He says, it was a bit like a play where everyone else had left. It was very odd. And I'm like, I could see that actually. That That's an interesting, um, that's a very interesting situation mm-hmm. and the way to describe it. Yeah. He's like, I was the only one dumb enough to do it. Uh, it was deeply weird. So, you know, he gets it. Meanwhile, yeah, but I, th- I think without, honestly, without Moss, it didn't have a chance of doing anything anyway. I mean, I think, I, think I, the, I just don't know who you can slot in as Moss. I mean, they their casting had Joel McHale as Roy. Who are you going to try to put in <laughs> as Moss to make that right, work? Right. That, I mean, I was going to say that that same thing. Like, you, how do you replace Moss? You can't. But then by that same token, you can't replace Roy. Like, I think you have to replace both of them and then spin them off so hard that they have to be different characters right. entirely. It's like if you Which took... Which then it, it's, it's a different show. It's like if you took the British office and then turn it into the U S office. But, uh, you kept the guy who his name wasn't Dwight in the UK version, but you, right. you replace, you take about. him 
from the the British one and you plop him down in the American one, but everyone else is new. Um, and then he's just it's so it's so weird and so alien. It is it is inter- it is an interesting choice. I will do I will agree with that. It doesn't make sense why he would be the only one to make the trip. <laughs> but I, I, I think it's not so uncommon that you'd have somebody from uh from the UK working in the United States. Um mm-hmm. at least in my uh so I it didn't strike me as odd in my experience. But yes, it's very clearly Moss, you know, you you've got Moss at the top, then you've got you know Joe McHale, who is just he is trying his damnedest, and then right. everything else about it. Like, um, again, like even even the sets looked exactly the same. It's just like, why are we doing this? It it was it was very weird. Uh, Joe McHale had this to say about doing the pilot. <laughs> I like how I'm just like complaining, and you're like, here's what other people have to say. Well, so here's the thing. I f- I found the copy of this for us because when i first watched this many years ago it was very easy to find on youtube now uh it's still out there on the internet um but you have to know like i mean you you got to know where to look i i had to do some digging so i picked up a lot of random articles in the process of trying to find a usable video for us that for legal purposes i cannot uh tell you where it is um uh, yeah donna in the chat says i think the u.s wasn't ready for uk moss and that's probably accurate i mean who yeah is? i'd have a hard art ar- that's that's a hard thing to argue with that i mean i was ready for uk moss because i was watching the uk it crowd <laughs> right but i didn't actually start watching it until 2009 i want to say okay fair enough so well after the u.s pilot sure because uh, that was 2007 I want to hear what Joel McHale has to say. So Joel McHale had this to say, boy, do I still take from British viewers like Joel? How dare you? What the <laughs> f- are you thinking? I was like, I wanted a job. All right. That happens a lot on Twitter. I'd say a couple of times a week. That's a lot of times a week. It is a lot of times for a week. Goodness gracious. He goes on to say, I could never follow someone like Chris O'Dowd, who is insanely talented and a very nice guy. I hear, but, but Richard Ayuati was going to be in it one of the most smartest and funniest people on the planet. Uh, I count myself very lucky to work with him for the few weeks I did. And thank God we're still friends. He's directed an episode of community and I'm generally very fond of him in a grand way, which is cool. I did not know he directed an episode of community. I I didn't know Um, that either. Um, I do love the fact that they're still friends and I, I, and I love that every, uh, everything I ever hear of Joel McHale is like, well, you're handsome, you're good at things and you're nice. Uh, come on give us something but the the only other thing that he said that i really want to uh to call attention to is that uh this this interview asked like they brought up kind of the point you said which was if the american version of the it crowd had a chance to kind of spin off and start doing its own thing like the office did uh would a similar transition have occurred with the USIT crowd? And Joe McHale had this to say, <clears throat> and I found this quote just very powerful and just really oh boy, amazing. I, um, I, you, you are selling the hell out of this. I, I don't know what he said. I'm so excited. He says, there is no way to predict that. 
I could say it probably would have gone on to be the most successful show in the history of television, and the world, possibly. And I think we would have discovered a new life form, perhaps on Mars or Saturn, who would have picked up the show and it would have become an intergalactic hit, bringing people and aliens together for the first time. So... Joe McHale. <laughs> Handsome, funny, talented, nice. Why does he have all these things? It's unfair to the rest of us. Yeah. Um, that's that's very good. I, I like that very much. So... That is what he had to say. Um, do you have any? Do you have any other specific thoughts about uh, the? I the... do actually. Okay. <laughs> I don't like. I love the IT crowd, and I, I, I. You're wearing the shirt. I have had that shirt. I, I think yep. it, it got torn up before uh, my version of that shirt. It's a very good shirt. Um, the first episode is the epitome of like setting things up for good things like it is it is basically not not much happens except for it it it, like even in communities uh pilot everything is like coming together and people are having but this is just like basically three characters and then rental denim right there's it's just this small little conflict that they resolve which again i know that that's a pilot's idea but this like the few things that are i'll be honest with you the the one episode that i find very funny which is going to probably surprise you is the episode of the uk uh it crowd where they go to the gay musical oh yeah Mm mm-hmm it's a very. I find that a very well, good episode. Why would I surprise it, that? Why would I find that surprising? I don't know. It feel it, it, it to me. It feels a li- it, on the edge of being too a little too cringe. Okay. Well, no, I think that episode is great because it is the epitome of what it's like to have uh, anxiety. Because he uh, gets found oh, in the, the right. handicap restroom, and then. Um, uh, he has to just keep leaning further into it because he can't admit that he he did something wrong and i'm like that's exactly that's anxiety in a nutshell because like you just have to keep like covering for it because like you can't admit for even one moment that uh you know you've made a social faux pas so and also the same with moss having to like basically be a bartender right like he um, accidentally I was using the staff toilet and now I work here what but no so, it, my point is like that is an episode where something is like it's something new that people have you, you, like that's a very interesting conflict this episode is not a very interesting conflict and I can kind of see I mean it is a pilot of course there's not mm-hmm. anything too uh I just don't think that I could see if I was watching this and seeing where was this going to go I don't know if I could say that right um, the only, t- the only two things I wanted to bring up specifically is that, I mean, cause there's, there's a lot. So before I get into my two specific things, there's so much of this that is just shot for shot, uh, same thing, uh, oh, same yeah. dialogue, someone on YouTube, uh, even if you can't find the full episode, if you go to YouTube, you can find someone who did a shot by shot comparison. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's strange and bizarre to be like, this is the exact same thing, but there is a joke in the original where the uh, uh, the boss uh, is going on about how much he loves teams. And then he's like, 
you probably think that's a picture of my family nope it's the a-team and he like turns the picture around and it's the the a-team and then later they use the a-team theme when they're plotting for the party they still use the a-team theme in the pilot of this one but they don't actually have the picture of the a-team so it's a joke that doesn't actually land it's just the a-team theme for some weird reason (laughs) it's you're right i did i i honestly did not think about like that's an odd choice the a-team music and i forgot the fact that they had done the a-team joke like i feel like the the problem with this with this episode was that they were like hey this is a funny show why don't we just do that show without understanding what made the show funny right because it is like it, it is like if you told a joke and then your like five-year-old nephew was like, oh, Uncle Mike told a joke and everyone thought that it was really funny. So he tells what he thinks he heard from the joke and he's like 95% there, but he doesn't understand why it was funny. So he doesn't know how to deliver it well. <laughs> That's my comparison. I do like the fact that you you have con- constructed a reality in which I, I delivered a well-constructed joke, but I appreciate that. <laughs> and yeah, just like, you know, maybe you tell a joke about the A-team and he doesn't know who the A-team is. So right. he's just like, and then the team does this. And then like, we all laugh because he's a little five-year-old and it's funny and cute because like, it's funny that a five-year-old's telling jokes. But like the joke about the A-team doesn't land because he didn't know who the A-team was. Right. So, um, yeah. He doesn't know B.A. Baracus. Right. So the only other thing I wanted to bring up about this is this was in 2007. So assuming that it got picked up by the entire world and Mars and Saturn, as Joe McHale predicted. As he foresaw. That probably means joel McHale is not doing community two years later right it's true which means this podcast doesn't exist so in an alternate reality where the american it crowd gets picked up it gets 22 episodes a season it becomes as big of a hit as the office did if not bigger because i doubt they're streaming the office in saturn so you know it's true. It's it, um, it, that's on Peacock now. Who has that? So, who who becomes Jeff Winger in this alternate timeline? Ooh, I like I like where we're going with this. I'm trying to think of because somebody I'm I'm going to assume he doesn't have time for both, right? Oh, he won't have. No, no, no. Oh man, I'm gonna Google tall and handsome uh, uh, actors. Okay, great. I'm going to also Google this. I'm going to look it up on Bing and then we can compare results. Oh, man. So <laughs> I'm just getting pictures of of handsome men, which is great. Okay. I do appreciate great. that. Uh, let's see. I've got Andy Samberg. No. Chris Pratt. No. Uh, don't know who that is, but he is handsome. Chris Pine. Vince Vaughn. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, don't know who that is. So IMDb has a list of tall male actors slash celebrities. Um, I don't know who any of these people are. I get a um, lot of Vince Vaughn on this. I did. I've gotten. I've gotten a Joel McHale. Okay, great. I got uh, P. 
Pearson Fode or Fode? I've got it. Um, I've got it. It's Jeff Goldblum. Okay. <laughs> I want to see an alternate reality where Jeff Goldblum is Pierce. Oh, actually, no, no, no. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so you could pull, he could pull that off. I bet I bet you he could pull that off. So in my in my tall male actors slash celebrities list, thanks to IMDB, uh, it's got three people who I don't know, followed by Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Oh, I'd I'd watch that. Oh, <laughs> he yes. played he played sports just like Joel McHale. He there you go. is tall. Just He's like Joel McHale. Probably an awesome dude. Like he is. He was an airplane. He was an airplane. He's he was very funny in airplane. Holy crap! He's seven foot two. I mean, he's a basketball man. Well, yeah, but that's that's super tall. Okay, Ben Affleck uh, is on this list. Can you imagine Ben Affleck being like, "I'm Jeff no. Winger. We need to. Can, you need to do my Spanish homework for me." He he would he. It, 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 I'll tell I'll tell you this. Greendale would not be in Colorado. It would be near Boston. Um, I do want to point out that I googled tall, handsome, funny actors, and then I get images of list of short male actors with Elijah Wood. <laughs> like, not what I was looking for. I mean, he's handsome, but not not what I was looking for. <laughs> Dave Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that it, it's good, but it's no. I don't think casting for this role just it. by looking up tall men is helpful i i do think i found it though okay what about jason siegel okay um i mean i feel like he was probably he was doing how i met your mother at the time though oh dang so you know you're right he was dang it okay i thought um, i had it there well if you oh you know who we could do you, you know who it could have been and who 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 clearly who who needs uh, some more jobs? Okay, Brendan Fraser. Okay, uh, weird. I would watch that show. Okay, um, Brendan Fraser's awesome. Uh, well, I I so you you hit uh your list where you you found Joel McHale on your list. I'm on number sixty six of my list. Chevy Chase. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what did you Google again? Or sorry, what did you bing again? Uh, I binged uh tall handsome male actors and i got an imdb list just called tall male actors slash celebrities okay you you got the the handsome gone uh-huh um okay that's that's a thing john cleese there we go um anyways oh, i would watch that oh that would be good john cleese would be a great pierce if they turned community into a uk version if you did the opposite of the it crowd where you brought community to the UK and then you're like, we need John Cleese to be the problematic old sure. dude. I have it for, for Jeff Winger now. I, this is not a joke. And and the time frame works out. Okay. Max Greenfield. He was Schmidt on New Girl. Have uh, you seen New Girl? I've not seen New Girl. Um, okay. I will send you a picture of Max Greenfield. Um. Oh, I need to. That means I need to actually open up my chat. Uh, you could just go. You could just Bing Max Greenfield. <laughs> I do one thing where I joke about googling. Googling with Bing. I do one joke about <laughs> Bing searches, don't, and all of a sudden, Google I'm hear a Bing that. they guy. don't want you to be. They don't want to be a Kleenex. Um, 
so the chat uh let's see what the chat says um <laughs> seth rogan uh is in there um andrew says i'd like to live in an al- alternate universe where they cast uh louis anderson <laughs> and everyone just pretends that he has the physique of joel McHale. uh okay i'm into that um those speeches are gonna be wild uh laura says she would watch it with kareem abdul jabbar i think that might be the best choice we've had so far mm-hmm. uh ooh, i wonder uh matthew says uh, i wonder how close we were to louis ck in the spot of duncan probably way too close um hey. uh laura says uh uh, Chris Hardwick uh, is basically a, a Joe McHale lookalike, except Joe McHale is way cooler of a dude. Um, it's true. Ken Jong as Jeff Winger works for me. Uh, you know what? I've been convinced. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Matthew's like aggressive silence from Ben. I was busy binging things in my other window. <laughs> so, because now I'm the Bing guy. Uh, do you have any other? Ben the Bing guy. Do you have any other thoughts on the uh, American version, uh, unaired pilot of the IT crowd starring Joel McHale? Well, I I am happy that it did not go to series because Joel McHale can do community. Same. I am disappointed uh, because I do like the IT crowd and I don't want to see less than good versions of it, even though it's kind of a leak if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um i also i i think it's just it's i I just want to say that i just don't think like the whole time i'm watching this joe McHale like does a prep fall in this episode and then comes up with blood i was like i don't believe this in the slightest not even a little bit he is too coordinated he played football i i like joe McHale uh a lot but I, it's just miscast. Pratt, Pratt Falls are not his strength, I don't think. Honestly, I you know what? I have a hot take here. Okay. Put him as uh Denim. Uh Renom or whatever. Okay. I don't remember uh-huh. the name right now. Put him as the big boss. Okay. I think okay. that would work. I I would watch that. Uh because yes. then you've got a little bit of that Matt Berry you can get in there. Okay. Yeah, I dig that. But then uh, you have to find uh, somebody to fill the Chris O'Dowd shoes. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I like Joel McHale. I'm glad it didn't come because, again, the community. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize we were going to talk about this for about 35, 40 minutes. <laughs> we, had, we had a lot to say. You didn't realize I was going to bring quotes from Richard Iwati. Yeah, Iwate that's the thing. And I, I knew that I had some thoughts Joel about McHale. Joel McHale being mis- mm-hmm. m- miscast, but I didn't realize you were going to bring the full quotes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were going to bring the receipts. Uh, do, do we want to give the uh, U.S. unaired pilot of the IT crowd starring Joel McHale a grade? I I I I didn't realize we were doing that. <laughs> so the whole the whole, the whole when you were playing the music, I was just like, wait, wait, oh 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 wow. Um, sure, I can give it a grade. Okay. I am. I, I can give it two grades. I think it is honestly as a pilot, it probably did its job. It's not. I mean, it is exactly the same episode except for like small little details that probably misses the the point of the like you said the five year old joke, the five year old telling a joke that an adult jo- told. The pilot itself, I'll give it a a D 
Okay. The the fact that it did not get brought up to a series and allowing Joel McHale to be in community, I give an A plus. Okay. It was a good decision by the NBC people. I, that's, that's what I'm giving an A plus to. I give this episode of the US remake of the IT crowd starring Joe McHale. One blue screen of death out of five. Now I don't I know. I didn't realize we were changing the scale. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good score or not, because generally you want fewer blue screens of death. You want zero, actually. But it's still it's still at least one blue screen of death. So regardless of whether or not you want that to be a high or a low score is, you know, <laughs> it was bad. It's subjective? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think we both agree. We just are on different scales here. So that's that's uh that's my grade. Uh how about some Q&A, Mike? Let's let's do. Um, okay. So I've, I just it's not that I'm confused, it's just every time Ben plays the music, I wasn't anticipating it. So, I've got uh, a couple of uh questions that were sent to us um before the episode started recording. We got one okay. from uh Matt who runs Communities. Okay. It's the uh uh fan uh community fan um uh twitter um he does a lot to uh, support all of us community podcasters uh and he is great so um if you if you follow that twitter account um uh you get a lot of uh, great community content um from all of us and a lot of other fans and it's it's great so that's my shout out to him he does Mm -hmm. uh he does quite a lot uh, for all of us so So his question is, uh, what's the best part of reviewing season one so far? What did you realize going through it in review you didn't realize when you first watched? Hmm. Well, I will say my favorite part about reviewing it is just the reviewing it. This has been a very fun, you know, I I do love podcasting with Ben. That's why we've done it for years and years at this point. Um, and why neither of us have you know killed each other yet yet though i've i've done some We've stuff got recently five more seasons <laughs> yeah i know it that my death is coming and i know how it's gonna happen but that's fine <laughs> thank you for the wink for the visual audience ben um nailed it so what what i i just really enjoy talking it through and being able to kind of kind of see things coming through discussing it with you ben actually i think that's really the the thing that i think you see stuff that i miss and vice versa and i think being able to see new things in a show that i really love that i've watched a ton um but you know like being able to see new things that i haven't seen before or i missed or you know a small detail that i didn't have the reference to that ben did i think that's really great i would say that um Oh, they're talking about Todd in the chat. He's a season two character, I want to say. I think two is correct. We'll be getting to him uh, shortly. So you'll have um, feelings about Todd. You'll have have feelings about about Todd. Uh, And Todd will have feelings about you, and it's fine. Um, I would say my. uh, The the thing that I really enjoyed um, about uh, watching season one is that. Uh, because I came into the show 
when it was still it was it was toward the end of season three. And so I was able to uh, go back and binge it from the moment that I started watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. Some friends introduced me to it. Uh, It was on Hulu at the time, I think. Uh, you know, I was I was able to go back and, uh, you know, just just binge it all. So this is literally the first time I have ever sat down and watched season one on a uh, one episode per week basis. Mm-hmm. And so actually, I think that's the same for me as well. It has been wild to actually take this in as fans did when the show was new, because it's an entirely different beast when you're watching it one episode every week because it starts off fairly normal right and by the end of the first season it is it's going off the rails you've got uh contemporary american poultry you've got modern warfare and that all that happens before the first season ends and so if you're binging it you know you you get to that in you know a week or two tops right? Depending on how, how fast you binge it. Sure. When you're doing it one episode a week, that's 25 weeks. That, that's, like, almost, that's almost half a year. That is a long time. And so my takeaway was just how normal season one is for most of it. I mean, the characters are, are a little bit larger than life in some ways. They have, you know, some kind of shenanigan level uh, stuff. Sure, um, but the shenanigans are always around sitcom level. Yeah, the shenanigans. The, the shenanigans the are school normal, turns into a mob movie. <laughs> normal sitcom level shenanigans, and then it turns into a mob movie. It turns into a diehard action John Woo paintball film. Plus, you know, when I when I started watching it, I had already seen um, a couple. Of, I got introduced. The uh, first episode I saw was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is season two. Mm-hmm. Then I saw Remedial Chaos Theory, which is season three. I also saw, uh, I think it's the second Halloween episode. So you'd come in with like, oh, this is a wacky show. Right. I knew it was going some wild places. So even when I was binging that first season, I was like, it's going to go some places. It's weird to see just how normal it started. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's literally the first time I've ever really taken into account just how normal the show started and that has been really interesting because i I never once considered uh you know how normal it is at at first so makes sense so yeah thank you for the question matt um uh we have other questions from uh our other matt (laughs) uh we we get a lot of mats on this show um (laughs) we just we're just we just come come all ye mats we will have you come ye mats uh yeah speaking of matt yeah he's like geez ben did someone just show you their top five episodes um maybe um <laughs> well i think because so i had seen i saw advanced dungeons and dragons because as a D player i watch basically all the D episodes i can so i can be mad that they're so wrong community did it pretty good actually Way, way closer to any D&D game I've ever been in. And then, so I watched that kind of on my own, um, but I wasn't totally sold on it. And we'll get more into that when we talk about that episode, which is going to be a thing for reasons. Um, (laughs) Then 
I wasn't sold on it. So my friend Nate, the one who has never gone on record saying he doesn't eat babies, mm-hmm. uh, showed me remedial chaos theory because he was like, this episode's so brilliant. You're going to love it. Um, and then the episode after that is the third Halloween episode. And then his roommate was like, well, if we're going to watch that one, we should go back and watch the second Halloween episode because it's really good. So it was sort of a tour around all, uh, some of the best community episodes. Sure. Anyways, yes, back to uh, Matt's original question, uh, uh, which is using Ben's patented personality sorting system. Please identify which two community characters epitomize each Futurama character. How how deep are we going to go with these community uh, Futurama characters? I think I mean I think we can do like main, we doing top main three. Crew. We doing the whole Planet Express crew. Well, I think I think if you do the whole Planet Express crew, I think most of them are half peers. <laughs> like, like it's good. It's good. I like that. So I would say Fry is Abed Pierce. Okay, sure. Because uh, he watches a lot of TV. Sure. Uh, he yeah. literally saves everyone through his knowledge of Star Trek. It's um, true. And, I'm, and I'm Allie Mac- the uh, Allie McBeal uh, McNeil. Single female lawyer. Single female lawyer. So yeah, he's he's definitely Abed, uh, part Abed, but he's also Pierce because he's uh, kind of a dumb pervert. Um, I mean, like you said, almost everybody in that show is Bender is, I would say he is Jeff Pierce. Yeah, that, that feels right. Yep. I would say Leela is Annie because she's organized. Okay. Uh, and like gets the job. She's thorough. Like Annie is thorough. I could buy that. Uh, and then... I think I might I might disagree with you on this one a little bit. Okay. Cuz I well, I want you to finish your your thesis cuz I don't cuz you might be hitting on the thing that I'm hitting on. Well, I was just I was just going to say like I think she's thorough um which is I think a good a good Annie point. I don't know who else she would be. Um though. I want to I want to throw in a, a a name in the hat just to see to see exactly if you agree with me on this one. And I okay. agree with Matthew that Bender does have some hardcore Chang energy. Um, I Leela to me map, maps pretty well with Britta. Okay, like maybe not the. I mean, even some of the idealism. She does care about animals and is really bad at saving about, them. Exactly, and she's okay, bad okay. at some of the stuff, but she's also like very much like. I almost feel like it's she's Britta Shirley, if that makes sense, because. Okay. Like, okay. She has some of that idealism, but then the Shirley will kick in and she'll throw your face through a, a jukebox. Like that's the kind of Shirley I'm thinking of. Okay. I can I can buy that. Uh yeah, the chat's also saying that um Bender has some Chang. I I always kind of forget because my uh I always cont- uh, contemplated as sort of a core seven study group from season one. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Chang the addition of Chang really opens it up. And in, in that case, I'm going to say Bender is Chang and Jeff because yeah, he's I obsessed with, he's obsessed with being cool, but he also manages to like kind of be cool. Even though like he is what Chang would be if Chang could be successful at being cool. Ooh, I like that. Zoidberg is Pierce 
because he's pathetic and Troy because he's lovable. Absolutely. Totally. Um, Amy is. I feel like this is where this falls apart a little bit. A, a little bit. Uh, I think that's that's really uh, that's really tough. Um, I will say that Zap Brannigan is just Pierce. Pierce twice. Pierce. He's Pierce Duncan. <laughs> um, so uh, that's, yes, that's <laughs> excellent. So we did get a question in the chat uh, that was actually directed at Laura, but I'll go ahead and field it anyways. The question is, where does the name League of Jeremy's come from? Ooh. Um, and uh, it started when, of all things, there was a ghost reference because Futurama had an episode where they'd make the reference of the pottery scene from Ghost. And I called the ghost that was trying to help me do pottery Jeremy. And so I yelled at him. <laughs> And then a couple of episodes later, uh, we yelled at a different Jeremy. And then so we decided that there was a whole league of Jeremy's Mm -hmm. who were conspiring against us. And the way they conspire against us is just to let us do our own thing because we will inevitably fail. Yes, Um, that was that was the gist of it. And then it kind of spiraled out of control. As as often things do on this podcast, uh-huh. um, and and now it's the fan group. Ooh, Matthew says Zoidberg has some Dean energy for sure. I um, absolutely, I agreed mm-hmm, in chat. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good. What did I good call. what did I say was originally? Um, uh, Pierce, Pierce Troy. Pierce Troy. He might be. Well, I was going to say he might be Dean Troy, which I as I think what you're are what you decided you are. So, I mean, I could be fine with being the same as Zoidberg. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that's where League of Jeremy's comes from. Uh, and then Laura was was uh, uh, a so we we never put together uh, like we did have a page uh, on Facebook yeah. for the podcast, kinda... but we never actually put together like a fan group. Uh, and then so Laura took initiative where we were being lazy and made a fan group for us and called it League of Jeremy's based on that joke and uh laura is also great she has been a a supporter of us for a very long time a quite Um, long time and we appreciate her because she at the very like she came on pretty near the beginning too mm -hmm. so Um, yeah we we've we've been able to know we have a fan out there that enjoys us for some reason (laughs) uh matt's other question says uh also, I can't recall if you guys have ever discussed this on the podcast, but disca- describe and discuss your meat cute. Our meat cute? Yes. Okay. Well, I so I have we, one. We set met of... and I was cute. The end. <laughs> hey, there we go. We only needed two seconds for that one. Um, no, I uh I remember when I was let's see. We had moved up to Portland from Eugene and my wife had a friend that went to the same school that she went to that, that lived in, in, uh, in Portland and kind of a, a mentor kind of thing. And then at one point she contacted me saying, Hey, I have this guy that lives, that's living on my couch in my basement. Uh, he's got a resume. Do you mind if you send it over to some contacts you have? And so I did, and I didn't think of anything else. I saw the picture of him in in Google or whatever, Gmail, and I was like, well, that's a man that is wearing a suit. And that was kind of it. 
And then uh, I think she, this uh, friend, ended up throwing a board game party where we ended up talking. And I think that's when we started the D&D group. Right. So let me back up because okay. in 2015, I was living we in Colorado. We both different sections of this. Uh-huh. I was living in Colorado still. I had just gone through a, a pretty bad breakup. And then I, like you do, uh, because I was unemployed and lost a relationship and was living on a friend's couch, I was like, I'm going to move. And my fr- my friend Laura, because Laura's rule. Um, Laura's are very good. I except agree. for a hurricane that is currently heading toward uh, the southeastern United States. Um, Most Laura's, I agree. She was like, why didn't you come stay in my guest room in Portland and you can look for a job and then see if you can make it out here. And so I took her up on that. Uh, I came out here. Like Mike said, I, I we talked about trying to you know find me some work and then that sort of just didn't go anywhere. But uh, after I found some work, she did a board game night. And then I mentioned Dungeons and Dragons because it also always comes back to Dungeons and Dragons. You had been listening to The Adventure Zone by the McElroy Brothers and you'd become mm-hmm. recently uh, newly interested in Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, if you get uh, some some friends uh, so we can do a game, I'll run a game and, and give you a, a taste of D&D. And so incidentally, uh, this is also how I ended up meeting my girlfriend, Sarah, because Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah was the third person, along with Mike's wife, who was brought in to be in this D&D game. And so that is how our friendship started. And then later, how my relationship uh, with Sarah started. And so it all comes back to uh, Laura and board games and Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So, And don't forget my wife who has basically created this entire group around her. She is the nexus of this friends group. Um, it's true. She really is. It's amazing. <laughs> so that that is the, uh, I was going to yeah. say the short version, but it's kind of the version. So It's the version, yeah. Uh, it's either our meet cute or our origin story, whichever one you want to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with origin story because it makes it sound like we're cool and Uh superheroes. Yeah. And not weirdos talking about canceled leaked (laughs) pilots from NBC starring. What are you talking about? I'm Futurama man. So, yeah, those are those are all the prepared questions that Mm. we had. So, yeah, if uh, if the chat has any other questions, I don't think I missed any in here, but if the Uh, chat has other there is one that is maybe less of a question and it's more of, is it a hot take that I think Jeff Winger is my least favorite study group member, non Chevy edition from Matthew? Um, I mean, I would, I would actually kind of agree with that. Um, I mean, we'll definitely get into it in later seasons. Jeff kind of has his own arc. Um, sure. But you know, I, I think he is much more of a one note character than, most of the other characters i think everyone i I think jeff probably gets more screen time than a lot like i think shirley kind of gets the short end of it oh she absolutely does and so i think jeff gets more screen time than a lot of people but um i think every single one of them is a more interesting character than jeff um and jeff's kind of main selling point is he's kind of a a cool douchebag who is very smart, but also uses that for manipulation. And it's like, 
fine. Yeah. Especially, I, I, I th- you know, oh, we, we've, we've got so many other television shows that star uh, generally smart white men who are manipulative because they're smart and can get away with it. Uh, I'm looking at you, House. Um, That's fair. Where we got some some hot house energy today. Where like that's kind of their their defining uh, feature, and like it's interesting at first, and then it's like, oh, they're still on this. I'm smarter than you, and better than you, and cooler than you, and I'm gonna make sure that you know it. Vibe. Um, Whereas I think everyone else is a little bit freer to do all of their shenanigans and Mm. have, they all have their own sort of arcs, but, uh, and I think Jeff's moves probably more than most, but his is also less interesting than most. So sure. I, I agree with you. I think he is probably on balance, the least interesting of the main study group. I do think that, they do a disservice to Britta as we keep moving on uh, through the series. And I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a whole point where she's the worst <laughs> when, uh-huh. whenever, when everybody's like Britta ing stuff. And I think that Britta kind of becomes a punchline. And I think that that's the Britta I dislike. The Britta in the first season is flawed and interesting. I think the fact that they kind of basically turn her up to 11 to basically be not a very good character i think that's the i think jeff stays constant where britta just kind of like tanks if that makes sense so i agree that jeff on balance is probably the least interesting and probably less you know yeah no i I agree i think that jeff is probably on balance uh yeah donna in the chat says jeff is the straight man in a sea of wacky it makes him less interesting but probably needed and i'll agree with that because sure. I feel like a lot of community is about him kind of being pulled into that wackiness. Like if it was up to him, he would have precisely zero of the shenanigans that ever happens in community other than getting to like sleep with Slater and right. Britta. Um, yeah, that's the shenanigans. That's the shena- the, his only shenanigans are sex shenanigans. So I, I think that's uh, I think that's definitely um, true. Um and uh yeah matt yeah, also I, says uh the anti-hero was pretty much was uh the all the rage back then now everybody just wants pure crap although i censored that haha <laughs> um <laughs> give me earnestness or give me death which is why i watch a lot of crap like bojack horseman and uh you're the worst sure where they're not even really anti-heroes they're just losers and you just watch them <laughs> kind of fail at life and you're like i can relate I too have failed at life. Well done. Although well, in my in my case, I got better. I do, yeah, I <laughs> so. don't. I don't have a yes and for that. Um. Yeah. I mean, I agree that straight men in comedy need to exist. I think, though, that there is a difference between being a straight man, and I, I think there is still a way for that kind of archetype uh, in comedy to expand and, um evolve through a series and i don't know if jeff really does much of that because i think jeff is a little bit of of the authors uh putting himself in the show i mean absolutely he's he's gone on record saying as much he dan Harmon is jeff winger sure and i think the fact that that is the case means that 
oh, well, he's not that wacky. I'm not that wacky. And then it kind of like keeps him somewhat stagnant. And I think that's the reason we're all kind of peeing on. Well, you know, he, he, he always gives the speech that saves the day or whatever, which they make fun of, I get. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's the joke. You know, it's it's a good joke, but it if he wasn't giving speech every week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my thought on it at least. Yeah, Jim Halpert and Ben Wyatt, famous straight men who are super popular. There you go. Uh, I love Ben Wyatt. I I also like Ben Wyatt because he does have like he has the uh, the cones of Dunshire. Uh huh. And he also. G- goes a little uh uh upside in the brain for a little bit when he's just making calzones uh andrew asks if you could trade one of the greendale seven with a secondary slash repeat background character who would you replace with whom um my uh, very initial thought was replace pierce with leonard but it's kind of samesies <laughs> it's a Le- little samesies it's a little samesies um I do love Leonard, but I think he's probably best left out of the study group. I would probably agree with that. I mean, the the default answer is, I mean, I think you replace Pierce in general. Yeah. Um, but uh, trying to find someone with the right energy for the study group is uh, difficult. I mean... That's that's what happened in seasons four through six. Right. We we I don't think we've actually met Neil yet. Uh, I think he's season two. Um, I, I would, I, I would probably not put Neil into the study group. They're very mean to him. <laughs> well, yes, but then they are nicer to him. Nicer is <laughs> that's fair. Um, I mean, you know, I, th- I do think you swap out, and I know that this is a not a secondary or a repeat background, but you swap out Pierce for Buddy for jack black's character i would be down for that <laughs> okay that's i that's gonna be a lot of singing uh a lot of lemon I'm, bars though so you know see you know positives i don't know if i've if i've got the uh mental fortitude to have buddy in the study group it's, he's kind <laughs> of he's kind of a lot that's that's fair um uh andrew i'm i'm uh a- andrew asks i'm sorry which neil uh to which uh i will say uh the unfortunately named fat neil um which again we yeah. will get into uh we'll in get into two. that how about garrett i mean i think garrett is sort of a default pick right like he is you're not picking starburns mm-hmm. um oh yeah de- actually oh well, no yeah <laughs> i forgot all the all of the starburns <laughs> i feel like i feel like uh garrett is sort of your safety pick right like you're picking football teams and you get down to the last like five and then you're sure. like, well, you know, I mean, I don't love any of my options, but if I got to pick someone, I'm going to go with Garrett. Um, I I feel like I, I, I want to watch this football game. <laughs> I feel like it's, he's it's, just I, was, I don't put I don't picture Garrett in football, but you know what? I'm excited for it. I feel like he is just sort of like. I mean, he's he's good, but uh, you know, he's he's fine. Um, Matt says uh, Rich would be the would be great as the nemesis for Jeff, which Pierce was doing anyways. I kind of like that. And then you get two attractive dudes in the study group, and then think of all the sexual tension you could have. 
like tons of it. I I want more of it. Um, uh, we haven't met him yet, but Mag- I just love magnitude. It's true. If we can go, if we can go with any character from future seasons, uh, magnitude one hundred percent. I mean, you, like that, you love him. Uh, I also wouldn't hate. Uh, I know that he is in the show, an officer <laughs> in the police, but <laughs> Officer Kukowski, I want, uh, I want Kukowski and everything. To be honest I with w- you. Tell you what, you write me a fan uh, script about how he joins the study group and and we'll bring it to Dan Harmon and see if we can make that into the community movie. All right, let me just open Scrivener and start um, writing. So yeah, that was kind of a little that was kind of a rambling answer, but um, I feel like I most of the fun I feel discussion. like most of the interesting uh characters most of the characters i would choose i don't think we really meet until season two um because it sure yeah, ain't starburns um yeah we really haven't fleshed out the you know it's funny to say this but we really haven't fleshed out the universe at greendale right we've uh, gotten some of it but yeah i'm not gonna pick starburns and i'm not gonna pick leonard uh garrett is sort of my safety um buddy is not happening for me so you know it's i just love craig kukowski can i just put that out there craig kukowski rules (laughs) um oh here we go team britta or team slater uh that is an easy question for me i'm team slater all the way less so because of slater but more because i love jeff and britta's platonic friendship dynamic Mm. i think they are great friends and i love seeing them get into friendly shenanigans together like my favorite Jeff Britta moments in season one happen in that time frame between the time that uh, Britta is taken off of the table uh, of being a a potential sexual partner, uh, and then her being literally put on the table, and uh, they do it on the table. So you know when you when you when you make a, a table reference in the first half of your sentence, you gotta fire uh-huh. it in the second. So I I really love that that part of their friendship because before that it's like okay like Jeff just stop and then after that it's like oh well now they're all weird and awkward. So yeah, I I think they I think they're great when they are being friends and I think uh I think that Jeff and Slater are like. You know, I think they're pretty good together. Uh, we don't see a lot of them together. Right. So it's kind of hard to really judge that. But I like Slater as a character. I think Jeff needs someone who is who who can kind of bite back in those conversations. Sure. Yeah. Um, Slater knows what she wants. She's she's ready to, uh, you know, fight for herself. She uh, advocate for herself like she's she's uh, just a little bit harsh, but you know, still kind of like, uh, playful. Like, I think it's a good match for Jeff. So I'd be, um, but mostly I make that pick because I like the Jeff Britta friendship dynamic. Sure. You know, I'm having a hard time disagreeing with you, but if we were to add a third option in here, I would choose that. It would be team. Jeff needs to better himself as a person. You can't love someone else until you learn to love yourself, Jeff. Exactly. And Jeff needs needs to work on his own thing. And and also we are not we're not discussing we, there's no team Annie here. I'm not 
No, I don't think anybody is here for Team Annie. Yeah, and he um, needs to find her own way. I mean, there's there there is a, a large contingent of Team Annie, and I'm just like, I can't, I can't. That age These, difference, the age difference is really wild. But that's fine. We can talk about that later because for now. I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, we were like, this is going to be a short episode. And then we had feelings about an unaired NBC pilot. So we went on a little bit long. Um, Look at us talking about a thing for over an hour. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, so yeah, this was our wrap up for season one. We we are going to be taking a little bit of a break before we start up on season two. Uh, just because, you know, the work situations and um, the remote recording and all of that uh you know it's it's a little bit rougher than it was uh when we we're doing back to the futurama so we're going to take some much needed time off uh and we will be back in about a month with new episodes for you uh when we join back up in season two mm-hmm. yeah matt in the chat says people who are team annie are just team allison brie and ain't that the truth because when it's i first true. watched that episode i was like hell yeah because hashtag team allison brie Agreed. We'll be back with season two um, when the the group starts up with anthropology. Anthropology. Um, Anthropology. Anthropology. And so thanks to everyone who's been listening to us through season one. Um, Thank you again to uh, Matt from the community's uh, Twitter account, um, who has been uh, very supportive. Thanks to Laura, who set up the... uh, uh, League of Jeremy's fan group um, and is just one of the best fans that any podcast Absolutely. could hope to have. Thanks to uh, all our other Patreon supporters and uh, thanks to Donna and Andrew and Matt uh, who all joined us for tonight's live recording. Um, and if you two want to get in on that, you can do that at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. If we missed anything or you have any other questions, you can send those to us on Twitter at goodgreendale or go to goodmorninggreendale.com. There's a contact form. It'll send us an email. And I think that'll do it for us. Um, we did more than we were anticipating doing. Way more. Uh, <laughs> so I hope I hope you all have a, a good night. And um, I hope that Everyone is is out there uh, being safe and healthy and as happy as you can be uh, in these, uh, I hate the phrase, but these uncertain times. Yeah, and, I, I agree. Uh, we will talk to you again in uh, October, I guess. August is ending and we're taking September off. So when we come back, it'll be time for spooky months and all that. So until... Oh, so until, spooky. October. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I I wish wish you luck. luck.